Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope you've had the most amazing, amazing week. Listen, this week has been such an amazing treat. I can't even begin to describe it. Um, Being able to do the things that you love, you know, they tell you if you do the things you love, you'll never work a day of your life. And I honestly, truly believe that. I believe in supporting yourself. I believe in standing behind the things that you truly love and you really want to put out into the world. And honestly, with this podcast and with the blog, I've been able to do that. And I'm just so grateful. You guys have been amazing with the support. I appreciate it. Continue to share. That's how we grow. But before we go any further, let me give a welcome. If this is your first time listening to Conversations with Toy, thank you for choosing this podcast. I truly appreciate you. On this podcast, I will talk about certain things such as mental health, self-care, what's happening on these internet streets, and all kinds of different topics in between. Sometimes we have guests and sometimes it's just me having a conversation with you and hoping that you feel encouraged. There are times when we may cry. There may be times when we laugh. If there's ever a need to put a trigger warning, I will always state that before we start the podcast, because again, your mental health is important and I get it. Everybody has certain triggers, but when it comes to certain things like childbirth or becoming a parent or just certain levels of things that could make you feel a certain way. That is never my intention for you to feel less than. When you listen or you're coming into spaces, you should never walk away feeling less than yourself. You should feel empowered. Even if what you've heard isn't something that you're ready for, there's been plenty of times when I've heard conversations or people have said something that made sense, sounded beautiful, but I wasn't ready to step into it. However, when I left that presence, I still knew like, okay, I'm not ready, but when I get ready, that's what I will initiate. That is what I hope will you that you get when you listen to the podcast. And again, let's just take that journey. For this week, it has been amazing. Um, we are coming to the end of May. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Now, we all know that mental health happens every single day, regardless of how well you may take care of yourself. We all deal with certain triggers. And it's important for me to speak about that because, again, I want to preface the fact that There are so many moving parts, so many things that we do or things that happen to us that even just walking in in the street, just having a walk to yourself, you could bring up a memory and it just triggers you in one way or the other. If you've ever felt that way, especially if you have or acknowledge your mental health and you know where you stand, please understand that it's a process. It's a journey, which means on some journeys you run fast and on other journeys you run slow. Please be, you know, more kind to yourself. Like we always talk about being kind to others, but how often are we kind to ourselves? Take that moment to be kind. You are deserving of that. You deserve to feel all of the things, Um, especially when it comes to taking care of you and your body, your mind, your soul. I want that for you. I truly do. This week has been great. Um, Mother's Day is over. My birthday is over. Um, now I'm stepping into celebrating my oldest. Today is her 14th 
birthday. And I wanted to say happy birthday. Now, you're probably thinking, does she even listen to the podcast? She is a subscriber. Um, sometimes she does listen and she tries to make sure she listens when she's around me so I can see her. She's listening. So I said to her, listen, I appreciate it. Play it, you know, get the stats up. Do your thing. Um, so I know when she goes to listen to this, that she will be pleasantly surprised that I am acknowledging that it is her 14th birthday and parents of girls who are teenagers. God bless all of us. We need all of the blessings. Um, one of the things that I want to say, just because I'm just brought my daughter's birthday up is the fact that as especially in black moms, when how we deal with our kids, like sometimes the parental nourish nourishing part goes away. We kind of spend more time on this rough relationship and I am doing everything in my power to not instill that with her. I want her to look back on the time that she has with me and knows that I'm supporting her 1000%. I want her to feel the love. I want her to feel 100% supported. And I've been very gracious to let her know that I've said from the very beginning, and as she's starting to get older, I remind her all the time, she's going to do something that's not going to align, right? There's going to be something that she says, something that she does that I am not going to agree with. And I want her to know that straight from the gate, there are going to be things she does that I don't agree with. However, I don't believe that she should try to preface everything to make me happy, right? There should be respect there. Absolutely. I feel like because I'm loving and I'm caring and I'm supportive, I'm going to get respect because I don't have to be mean or malicious to get it. But in the same token, I also want her to feel loved. I want her to feel supported. I want her to know that I have her back and her dad has her back. I also want her to know that she's going to make mistakes. And I always stress that because sometimes when we don't remind ourselves that our kids are going to make mistakes, when they go to make a mistake, it's like your response, your initial response matters. There's been plenty of times in my parenting with her so far that I've had to just kind of like, just say nothing, kind of just get quiet and not respond because I didn't want my response to her to trigger an emotion that she doesn't have to feel because I haven't been able to figure out what my emotion is at that moment. And if you're a parent, you know what that feels like when you want to respond to something, you know, they've done raggedy or not. And you really, 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 really want to respond. But you know that in your initial response, it isn't going to do as it's not going to land where you think it's going to land. So I try to take, I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I do take, I'm mentally aware of taking that step, that extra step to make sure that my responses and that my emotions regarding what happened stays under control. Uh, my daughter knows that when she's out with her friends, she's been blessed to find some amazing friends. We have a code word that she uses. If she ever gets into something that she feels is going to be something that's going to hurt her, something that she's got into that she knew she shouldn't have got into. And she needs us to be basically come in with the idea that I know I messed up, but please give me a little bit of grace for a couple seconds. She has that code word and that code word. I'm not going to tell you what the word is, but that code word is for us to check us before we go to get her. Meaning she could be somewhere where again, like she's, she's a teenager, right? And teenagers do teenager things. Now I am not in agreement with her doing certain things, but let's say for example only, and let me preface that before y'all be having children and youth pop up at my door. My children do not have permission to drink, smoke and do all kinds of illegal things, right? Cause they're still children. However, we know that children as well as teenagers, which are still children, can get into stuff. So if she were to get into a situation, let's say she's with a group of friends and somebody brings some form of alcohol, she has a desire to drink it or she goes ahead and drink it. She sends me the code word. I'm going to find them, figure out where she's at. I'm going to pick her up. And before I get into the yelling part of where she knows she's wrong, I'm going to have a conversation to just simply listen. 
That is what the code word is for. It's for her to know she has that, that ability to let us know something. We have the ability to check ourselves prior to going into it. And so we can then meet in the middle. Well, does that mean that she's without uh, consequence? Absolutely not. If I roll up on her and she's drinking and it's a problem, I'm going to use my code word. I'm going to adjust myself, but you can best believe we're going to have a nice little you know, situation, a little conversation after I've calmed down and we did the calm down thing. There's consequences. This brings me to the the conversation. I believe we started last week or before about gentle parenting. People think that gentle parenting means that you allow your kids to run amok and they can do any and all the things and they don't have any consequence. They can say anything to you. They can do anything to you. And because you're committed to not making sure that beating them or hitting them is the first, you know, the first thought or your first go-to that that means that they just kind of run your house. Uh, no ma'am, that is not what happens. I'm not even sure if I'm a full gentle parenting, but I do believe in a lot of the practices. And for me, it's because I don't want to have my children in an environment where they have to then heal from just because I wanted to prove a point. That's just my thought. And I cannot blame other people for how they've done things. And I still don't. If you choose to do what you do, my whole basis is don't abuse your kids. I saw a story on TikTok this week where a mother was on live, like a TikTok live and her boyfriend, her living boyfriend. When I tell you this child was being beat, I was trying to do all the things to try to report the live and do all the things. But when I tell you I was severely triggered, this baby was screaming mom, mom. And I can't even put to you how it sounded. When I tell you that thing hurt my heart, when I tell you I had tears in my eyes, when I tell you how broken I felt as a mother and as a child who used to get a beaten child, I tell you right now, it literally reinforces the thought that again, there has to be another way to just to discipline our children. There has to be another way for the, us to garner respect without causing harm and abuse. Um, my heart goes out to that child. I don't know where that child is in this world. I have no idea where that child is, but my heart prays for this child. Ever since I've seen that video, I can't even get the thought process. And she sat there, this mother or this woman who is a mother who birthed a child, sat there on this live saying, well, that's what you get. You were talking back. Listen, I ain't about the talking back. Like me and my kids, they have an understanding. This talking back thing ain't gonna work. I listen to them when they have a difference of opinion, but difference of opinion doesn't equate to disrespect. But that tone and that talking back has to be on point. I'm not about team talk back, right? And I was raised in a house that my mother wasn't about no team talk back. However, uh, I, I just can't see, even if my child went as far as disrespecting me, for me to beat the quote unquote hell out of them, why? Be mad. You have every right to feel, you have every right to be mad. You have every right to do the things, but you don't have a right to abuse that child. They were beating, or I should say he specifically was beating the actual hell out of this child. I swear I lie to you not. You could hear him. The man, first of all, this is a man. This is a child. This was like a 10 year old. This child, I mean, you could hear him grunting to make sure that he hit her with everything he had like he was beating up on an adult male who had broken into his house why would you want to break your child and their spirit just to prove a point you still grown you're still the parent you're still the mother 
even with the disrespect that they've given, you have to go out and find a way to break your child. Again, teaching them to respect people and respect their elders. That started off when you was, when they was a baby, baby, right? When they was a baby, baby, that lesson should have been reinforced. By the time you reach 10, we shouldn't still have to be going through this lesson. Now, if you need to remind your child, you can do that. But breaking this child, I swear to goodness, it broke me. It broke me in many pieces this week. It broke me in many pieces. There was times this week where I've had to just pray, 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 pray. I've had to double up on my self-care every time I think about it. It broke me. But let's get on to the rest of the conversation. We have a guest this week, an amazing guest to say. She literally touched my soul. Now, I have had some amazing guests come through here. Literally had some amazing guests who came through the door. But what I will say is none, none have touched me as much as this guest today. I left her presence, though we were talking on the phone. I left her presence and I felt filled. My cup felt filled. And I hope that you gather something from this conversation. She is 73 years young, about to celebrate her 74th birthday next week. She's 73 years young and she started her journey after losing it all at 39. I need somebody to hear that because sometimes we think that the, you got to start off when you were 20. There's a lot of things. I wish I could go back in my twenties and start, right? And I didn't. And there's a lot of things that I'm starting in my late, as I started in my late thirties, that's going into my early forties. Um, she started at 39, writing her first book and doing all the wonderful things. Listen, we have Terry Banner Fitzsimmons, 73 years young, and she blessed my soul. She works out. She's doing, she enjoys life. She's not sitting around, you know, knitting and all that stuff. I'm not saying she couldn't do that, but she's in her retirement. She is living. You know, when you get older, you start to realize how precious life is. You realize how, how much time you could make and how much you should be using your time. And she's written four books, started at 39, four books, has another one out on the way, just did a photo shoot for it. This woman, Miss Terry was a blessing to me when she talks about how I'm not making excuses to work out. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, I'm 30, no 40. I'm still blind myself. I'm 42. And this woman is 73 and she's like, no, make an excuse. I'm going out to work out. And we make so many excuses why we can't. She's out here writing books. We have books in our spirit that we want to write, but we haven't done it yet. There's things about our passions that we want to do. And we haven't done it yet. And the answer is, but for why have you done it? Miss Terry, bless my soul. She encouraged me in ways I can't even describe. I don't know if it was her voice. I don't know what it was, but this conversation that you're about to listen to, she literally blessed my soul. And isn't it a beautiful thing when you meet somebody, even a stranger that so impacts your life in just the moments you've been around them, just that quick, just that quick. And it's not even just because she's the age that she is and why can't I? It's the fact that she spoke in my spirit, some things that I already had in my heart. So if you're thinking today, like I'm not as motivated, I wish I was more motivated, or you thinking I could do, but I wish I could, but I don't have the resources. If you have all of these self doubts on your mind, today is the day that your self doubt will meet that mirror. And when you meet it, you can't do nothing but say, ouch, and let me do.
That is the, the thought process of you going into this, this listen, this next part of this. Ouch and let me do. Ouch and let me do. Miss Terry, blessed my soul. Stay tuned and listen to what our conversations was about because again, it was absolutely amazing. And then I will be back and we'll talk about some more mental health as we end, not only this month, but just all the things that we do here. Stay encouraged and let's listen to Miss Terry. All right, Conversations with Toy Family, welcome to another week. Now, you know, when I have a guest, I always want to find guests who come to the table with some amazing things to say. Meaning, when we have these conversations, we're not just trying to just say any old thing. We want it to hopefully resonate. We want it to hit. We want it to make a difference. With that being said, we have Terry today, and we're just going to talk about some of the amazing things that she's done, the lessons that she's learned, and what we can get from that. And to start off, Terry, just welcome. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you. And as I read about you and what you're all about, it's, I'm going to, and and it really, um, the impetus for what I'd like to talk about is how we define situations. When we talk about failure and success, I try to look at my life as a journey of setbacks and and successes because everything is how we define the situation will show how we react to it. So that's what my whole life is about and loving to share that. What does setback mean to you? Oh, that could be anything. I mean, when we look in a continuum, it could be a traffic jam where somebody would go, oh, my gosh, this is a catastrophe. And and the words that they use, catastrophe, um, emergency, um, when, when it's just a glitch, it's just a glitch. A setback can mean I, I don't get the job. Well, maybe I wasn't supposed to have it. Um, Anything that stops us, a roadblock, okay, a roadblock in our path, but we have to go around it, find another route. I love that. Now, how do you feel? Because it's along with that, I feel what we say when we're in these situations matter because we'll make it such doom and gloom and then wonder why it's a doom and gloom. Yeah. I wrote um, an article called Watch Your Mouth. Because everything you say, as we know, the body does not know the difference between a lie and the truth. So when we look in the mirror and go, oh, you're clumsy, you're, you're wrinkled, you're whatever, your body internalizes that. And it's the same thing when we, again, I keep going back to how we define a situation will predict how we're going to deal with it. And it's so important to go, you know, um, a friend taught me to do a body scan and I, and, and I do a setback scan of, okay, this happened, but it's only like 1% of my life. The other 95% of my life is running smoothly. Yeah. I'm glad that you said that because I feel like sometimes we, I don't want to say we overdramatize, but we, we put so much emphasis and focus on the negative that we don't even look at the things that are happening around us that are good because we're just dead set on this one thing that didn't work right. Thank you. Yes. Just, just one thing. And 
that will disrupt our entire day. And unfortunately, because you're all about having conversations, it seeps into our conversations with other people. And then we get into the domino effect, how they get negative and they're negative with another person. And we don't have the right to do that. Our purpose on life is to spread joy. Every person we meet to smile and, and to say something positive. I'm not wearing it now. I'm surprised I don't. But I love my bling. I love wearing. Oh, my mother was the same way up until she was 96. The most cheerful person you've ever met. But her and I would share our bling bracelets where it was like an elastic band. So if I have a negative thought or trying to do a negative behavior, I'd snap it. And that would reframe my thoughts into the reverse. But now that we're talking about reframing, I want to talk about how when, again, we hear people say all kinds of beautiful things, and yet their lives are always match the phrases. Again, we have different speeches that we say, different lines that we say that sound beautiful. But when the life doesn't align, then what? Oh, my whole thing in my life, my philosophy, shall we say, is being authentic. Every morning I get up at an early time, have my cup of tea, do my meditation. I read the Stoic journals because the Stoic journals of philosophy is all about discipline. And the key word, what you're saying here, is being authentic. We need to lead an authentic life. And unfortunately, in a, in a, as a sociologist, I've done a lot of research on the idea of masks. And this is way before the pandemic, about how we wear masks to please other people. Because God forbid they should see who we really are underneath that mask. And why do you think people wear so many masks? Because I find when I'm talking to people who, I think they, it's like the people pleasing era. We want people to like us. So we'll like, like chameleons, we blend and match in every environment that we're in, but we're not coming as our, as ourself. And it's just, it's a hindrance. It is. And it takes so much energy. And just to be able, because we all know the old saying, you can't please everybody. And it doesn't matter if you're going out and you're trying to please them, you'll still have some people that won't go along with, with what you're doing. So it's just, it's such a, a waste of energy. And I've even seen women doing this. And unfortunately, this is what we're still teaching our, our young girls moving up about beauty, about, you no, know, you can't have a wrinkle. You have to hide behind your makeup. I'm, and I'm loving it that different Melissa Gilbert and other people are coming out and saying, okay, this is us. We are real. And if we can have more role, role models like that, oh, it would be wonderful because that frees us up for other actions, again, to be authentic. Now, you are living an active um, life that, in my opinion, is full. You know, some people live their whole lives and don't live what I would consider a full life. You know, they don't take advantage of things. They don't try to progress. They are trying to, you know, do things that is maybe not just working for them. How do you just come through and just like, I'm going to live this life and I'm not going to go and worry about all these extra things. 
Well, I am one of the most fortunate people that have ever lived. I am in the company of Dalai Lama, Jesus, and Buddha. When I wrote my article for him, I, I write quite a few articles, is I had to lose everything to gain everything. Um, being in a fire, having everything ripped from me, my identity, my clothes, everything I thought I hid behind my masks of having all my jewelry and all my clothes. Um, I, oh, wow, I've got nothing to lose. Well, the ironic part was I had nothing to lose even before the fire. But I thought spirit has kicked me in the butt and said, okay, Terry, it's your time, live. And so I moved down to Palm Springs with my partner, Jim, and I am living in total paradise. I enjoy the nature. I get up 5.30 in the morning, have my tea outside, write in my journal, do everything. And then um, I go for my walks. I go down to the gym. Oh, I've met so many interesting people in the 70s and 80s. I forget, I'm entering the 74th chapter of my life next week. I'm a writer, so I don't have birthdays. I have chapters. I'm finishing the chapter of my 73rd life. Um, but there's so much joy. There's so, you surround yourself with people. There's one lady in a wheelchair. She comes over to the pool and she does 25 laps in the pool every morning. Uh, another lady, 80 years old, just did 66 laps in the pool. Um, I'm the president of a, of a readers club. I'm involved with the writers club. I'm involved with AAUW, which is helping young girls and sponsoring them. I mean, my life is just, it's so full, and I write for four or five hours a day. I mean, I'm thrilled. I mean, there's so much, and you know what? Most of it doesn't cost a cent. I don't have to wear makeup. I don't have to wear the fancy clothes. The thrill comes from within. And helping other people, like the Dalai Lama said, compassion is what we're all about. Well, first of all, happy early birthday. And I just, I love hearing that. I feel like people are scared to lose. And I feel like in my life, the things that I have lost has always brought me to the best joy. Every single time that didn't feel good, it didn't, it didn't feel good, but it brought me to the best joy. Yes, yes. And we learn from it. That's what we have to do is learn from it. And what I'm trying to do on my blog is to help you know, retired people, because you're letting go of all the labels. You're no longer a teacher, secretary, CEO of a company. And what are you going to do to pass your time? And we're defining what it means to age now, which is which is wonderful. But finding a purpose in life. And, and it's not all about me. It's being a part of something greater than me. Now, if you could talk to your younger self, let's say... 20s. What was your 20s like in comparison to now? Oh. <laughs> I used to tell my students, I mean, I'm very candid about my life. Now, my 20s and 30s were my dark ages. Those were, I was in a coma. That's what I, I talk about. Because I was very emotionally immature. I wrote a book called Untie the Knot and Cannot you know, N-O-T, how you're brought up to believe you cannot do things and how we've got to change that mindset. Well, that was my life. Oh, I can't do anything. 
And so I turned to drinking, made bad relationship choices in relationships until I woke up at 39 and went, I'm old. Men want younger women. I can't even drive a car. And then so that's when I went back to school. So if I could go back to the age of 20 and go, oh, my gosh, girl, there you've got so much potential. There is so much out there for you if you just take a chance, because I was asked on an interview what I would like to have written on my tombstone. And I said she did. Mm. I don't want to be 90 years old sitting in a rocking chair going, I wonder what would happen if I went in that podcast. I wonder what would have happened if I'd written that book. I don't want to have those regrets. And with that, you can't fail because you've tried. You've, you've, you've actually done it. I absolutely love everything about that. Just that piece right there. Because I know there's somebody that's listening who is struggling with the thought of, should I? Can I? Or am I capable? And you are. Whoever is listening, you are capable, you should, and you can. And if you fall, you pat yourself on the shoulder and you go, guess what? I tried. Guess what? I was out there. I don't have to look back and regret what I haven't done. That is the worst thing we can do. My God, that is so good. Um I want to talk about helping other people because, you know, I believe just from this conversation, but that is just your motivation. Oh, yes. What are some of the drawbacks that you hear from other people as you're trying to get them past a certain mindset? Like, what are some of the things that you hear from people the most? Um, the stuckness, like with the fire. Um, after the fire, I made sure like was surviving, got my identity back and wrote two books about the fire and tried to counsel people. But they were either still living in a hotel. They were afraid to move forward. They were afraid to buy things. Um, they were still in the self-pity stage. Um, and, that, and I really call that the stuckness stage. They, they, and some of them are still there. Um, so many are, are wrapped up in the past of, oh, I had this, my ex-husband did this. And instead of living in the now, and I've heard all the excuses, I don't have time to do this. And what I'm finding is a really slippery slope of people. And I'm talking now about retired people that, oh, why bother getting dressed today? I might as well stay in my robe or you know, not getting dressed, not making my bed. And it's, you know, to wake up, to have a purpose, to be doing something. And it's the most, retirement is the most perfect time for finding your passion. What was it you, you loved to do as a child before an adult said, no, you're not going to make any money out of that. Find the child in yourself and play with that child. Laugh, get out with nature. But you, they, again, it's fears, yeah, and not letting go of that label of, well, I used to be a CEO. Well, you're not a CEO anymore. You're a person. Isn't that wonderful? I love that you said that because the, the part that really resonated with me is the whole point of like saying to yourself as the child that you used to be, like, what did you want to do before somebody tells you no? Because I feel like even as adults now, the second somebody doesn't believe in us, 
somebody tells us that we can't accomplish something, we shut down and we don't accomplish anything. Yes. Yes. And that's at any age. I've, I've seen it happen in the writing club. If one person, you know, feels that they can't do something, it's our job to work with them and build them up. We don't want to to criticize or, or put them down for anything. Let's let's put them up and the people in this community. There's one man in his late 80s who's writing poetry. Another person in his 80s doing photography. They're playing pick. I mean, the things that people are doing is it's you need to be around those people. But the main thing is, please have laughter. Laugh. Put on an old song on the radio, dance around it, but just laugh and smile. I don't think people smile enough. I think, again, because no, we're troubled down with everything that's going on, um, we just don't do it. And some people are waiting for that moment. Like when this certain moment happened, then I'm going to blossom. When this certain moment happens, then I'm going to walk into this greatness. I'll smile. I'll be happy when. But when is whatever you create. It doesn't have to be a yes. certain time. It's whenever you're, you're going to create that moment. Yes. And that means that happiness is contingent on external things. Happiness has to come from within. It has to be genuine. Yes. What has been, if you, I know you probably have a lot of them, but what is one of the joys that you feel like you're, you've experienced in life? Oh, the ones I'm experiencing now? Oh, my gosh. My whole life is filled with every type of joy. The idea that I had three books published when I was 70. I, I finished writing an historical novel. I've got another historical novel that's being published as we speak. And I just finished another book called, um, oh, no, I can't. Oh, isn't that funny? Um, anyway, oh, it's I Got Class. And it's all about my memoirs, about going back to school and all my teaching experiences. And I'm writing articles. Everything that I couldn't do or felt like I, I can't do when I was younger. This is my, but, but you know what? Overriding all that is being the role model for other women, writing in my blog and convincing women in the gym to do better and to women in the pool to do that extra lap. I mean, that's what it's all about, is building each other up. I feel so motivated listening to you. Honestly, I really do. Like, I'm going to curtail the emotions, but honestly, you don't understand <laughs> how much I needed to hear this um, as a blogger myself, because I started off late. I think I started, I don't know when, but it was late. And so sometimes mm -hmm. like you're a late starter or a late bloomer, sometimes you get discouraged because you're just like, why am I just now catching this vibe? Why am I just now taking off with something? But that the timing is the timing. It is what it is. And you, there's no stopping until you're not here. Yes. Yes. And it's uh, like, as I say, I'm, I'm getting ready to write the 74th chapter of my life and I'm excited about it. And it, it's, it's just thrilling, like two years, it will be two years ago in September. I didn't think I was going to live. I had um, double vision and I had bad headaches and I kept fighting with doctors. And it turned out I had an aneurysm growing in my brain and I was ready to burst. So I got rushed in. So I thought, oh boy, better get my fares in orders. And then I joked around with the 
with the doctor and he, he promised me he put on my Frank Sinatra music and away we went. And <laughs> but yeah, life is just full of the twists and turns and everything can change on a dime and that's okay. I, listen, this conversation has given me so much life because I had a blood clot in my brain when I was pregnant with my third child. Yeah. Oh, wow. yes. It's amazing how we can be on two different places in the world and still have so much feeling, you know, so familiar with each other. It's just, it's, it's so amazing because again, this is just so refreshing for me. So I know it's going to be refreshing for those who are listening. And I just want people who are listening just to hear this. She's, you're about to start your 74th chapter. Yes. And you are just like, I'm going to do it. Like, and let that person know fear is about. Like, that's the, the part where you're walking away from the fear of saying, yes. I'm no longer that, that fearful child who couldn't drive a car or couldn't do this. I, I'm through with all, with all of that. But that is another thing that gave me strength to help out other people. I know what they're going through. I want to put my arms around them and go, it's okay. You're okay just the way you are. And do it but it isn't i'm going to do it the phrase is i am doing it you mm. keep it in the present i am i am doing this wow and meditation you have to meditate two or three times a day to keep you centered and you have to be at one with the nature you and you have to keep that child in you for going for your nature walks and going oh look at those flowers oh look at this and just keep that with you Wow. What I mean, I know about the meditation, but what are some of the other things that you do for self-care? Like, you know, we know this concept that we are now talking about self-care. Like when I would talk to my grandmother or my mother and they would be like, we never had that concept before. No, no. Started recently. But the, the concept of taking time out for you to fill your cup, to make sure that you're OK, to do a check in, like you were saying, the body scan. What are some of those ways that you do that? Like, how are some some practical ways that somebody who's listening can hear to do that? And what are some of the ways you do it? Well, you're too young. But when I was growing up, we used to have the Kelgon commercial. It was, yeah. Kelgon. Kelgon, take me, me away. away. Yep. Yeah. I would head when I when I did my counseling with women groups, um, they said, uh, Fitz, we, we don't have time. We've got kids and I've got housework and I've got a job. And they said, no, no, no. So I brought in all these arts and crafts for them to make up a fancy clock and move the hands around. And that clock would go in the bathroom and or on, on their room for one hour. They mm. would move that hand around, but nobody was allowed to enter that room, they had to put in either candles, their music, read, doing something for themselves. And every time you do something, you congratulate yourself. You, Oh, I did this. Yes. And pat yourself on the back. And having that, and I will again with the meditation, the nature walks. And of course, getting the good night's sleep is just that's the only way that you heal. Turn off that. TV at night. I put a headset on with YouTube. Hmm. All the they got thousands of things, and that just puts me into this lullaby state and wake up energized. Um, having your own morning routine, like a, I'm very particular about that. But it's the right foods and pampering yourself all the time. Put that lotion on your face. Keep the bottle of lotion beside I, your lazy boy chair. And by the way. 
you don't have time to exercise. I don't believe that. Take a dumbbell as you're sitting there watching TV and lift the weights mm. and, and, and do the scissors. You've always got time for that. But please, yourself, you have to please yourself and for yourself to make choices in your relationship. Excuse me, this is what I want to do. And standing up for yourself because you are so precious. My God. Ooh, all right. So I, 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 I was always encouraging people to do the same, especially when it comes to working out, because we'll spend an hour watching our favorite show. But we could be doing steps while we're doing it. So yes, yes. Yeah, a lot of excuses. No we make a lot of excuses, but those are like just yeah. popping up on each other so we can just feel comfortable in our uncomfortableness. Yes. Because when we don't do the workout, then we go to put the outfit on and then we're frustrated at that point. But we had all these opportunities prior to that to fix it. And, you know, my whole philosophy again about time is that there's so many days behind us than there are in front of us. And it's so important to stay in the now. Don't don't worry about the future. And as we're looking at the past going, I didn't exercise yesterday. I didn't do this last month. I put on five pounds. Okay. A year from now, you'll be looking at this time going, oh, I wish I would have done so. It's a lose-lose situation by berating yourself and it's mood. Wayne Dyer, oh, I just loved him. Dr. Wayne Dyer talked about the past as being the wake of a boat. You know, you, you sit in the boat and you watch it go, go by. It's gone. And it doesn't, and it, the past does not define who we are today by any means. What are you working on now? What is on the horizon? Because you are already inspiring those who are listening and myself explicitly inspire me. What do you have on the horizon right now? Right now, I was writing notes right before the podcast. I'm doing an article about how to inspire young girls and what, what advice to give to them to, to succeed and what challenges they have. And I belong to the organization AAUW, which is the American Association of University of Women. And I have to give a speech next Wednesday. So I'm going to double dip and use that, use that article. And so now I'm trying to figure out, I finished editing my book. So now I'm, and I had my photo shoot yesterday. So now I'm just working on an idea for, for another book. So there's no stopping me. I mean, it's just it, such a thrill to be alive and to have all the information on Google of to, for self-help. We can go right. on and put any, key, there's no excuses for going okay here's you called a cheat sheet here's a cheat sheet i can do these three things and i'll be fine oh my gosh yes you know as much as we spend our time on our phone we really have to stop saying these excuses and i i hope anybody that's listening would rechallenge their their thought process to stop saying these excuses and start putting that action work and just small steps i picked up a, a book called simple steps and if you walk the five steps today, you walk the five steps tomorrow, well, next day you can do 10 steps. And then in a month, you can do 15 steps. But just keep it simple, but just keep it going and have that routine until it becomes a habit, like brushing your teeth. 
Yes. And there's nothing we cannot accomplish. Absolutely nothing. Oh my goodness. Terry, this has been such an amazing conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I, I know this is for everyone that's listening, but there's a part of this that's like for me as well. And I am just like, my, my, the motivation is just kicking in. It's just stirring like a pot. And I don't know if it's, if it's just the, the way that you lived your life. I don't know if it's your, your, your voice. I don't know what it is, but it's just, it just, it clicked something in me. And I'm, and I'm grateful for this conversation. Thank you. And I just heard a little quote from um, Dr. Wayne Dyer. I'd heard it before and I just love it. Like when you're talking about failures and successes and I call them setbacks, uh, a woman was supposed to write, she only had five cards and she's supposed to write about the five chapters of her life on these cards. She goes, chapter one, I walked down the street and there's a huge hole and I fell in it. I did not see it and I felt helpless. It wasn't my fault, oh poor me. So it took her forever to get out. Chapter two, she walked down the same street. There's a big hole. She pretended she didn't see it. She fell in, but guess what? It still wasn't her fault. The third chapter of her life, she walks down the street. She sees it, but she falls in, but it's not her fault. Or oh, it is her fault now because it's become a habit. I mean, this is the third time it's a habit for her, but she gets out immediately. The fourth chapter, well, she gets smart, that she walks down the same street. There's a big hole, so she walks around it. But, aha, the fifth chapter, walks down the same, she doesn't walk down the same street. She chooses a different street. <laughs> that, was, that was good. <laughs> That's was good. I can't even think of another way to end this conversation with that because that was powerful. Terry, thank you so much. I am. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes. Inspired greatly from this conversation and just the joy that you exude just from us having this conversation has just been, it's, I needed this to start the week and I'm so grateful for you. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for this. Okay. So what did you think? I thought this episode for this week was absolutely amazing in every way. I hope that you felt some type of inspiration, that you feel empowered to let go of those excuses and literally live. No sense of waiting until you do certain things or you have certain things aligned. Thank you, Miss Terry, for being on this podcast episode. We truly appreciate it. Uh, to end, I stated that I would talk about me going back and seeing the governor Shapiro, Josh Shapiro of Pennsylvania. And it was an amazing experience. It was me and quite a few fellow other mental health advocates, therapists, um, liaisons, um, doctors. It just was an amazing time. Well, the one thing that we did talk about was not just coming to just have a meeting to talk about is mental health, you know, real. It wasn't even about that. Everybody that was in that room has had some capacity either with themselves or working with mental health um, patients in whatever capacity. And so we know that it's real. That the point of coming together to meet with Governor Josh Shapiro was to come to make an actual game plan, a call to action. You know, we left with this is what we're going to do and this is where we're going to convene and get these answers so that we can put things into and practice. One of the things I do appreciate about Josh Shapiro, and it's not just because I met with him, you know, several times now, is the fact that he takes the notes, he comes back and he gives answers. And I appreciate that. I appreciate 
being heard, being seen, because it's not even about me. It's not even about the people that was in that room. Everybody that was in that room advocated for others, putting themselves, you know, making sure that they put themselves last so they could advocate for others. Because at the end of the day, mental health is about a community, a community of people who need to be supported. So I was grateful for that conversation. With all that being said and done, I do hope that you have an amazing weekend. It is going into the Memorial Day weekend. And so you already know the drill. Make sure you find one activity that you really resonate with, something that feeds your soul, makes you feel good about yourself and make it for yourself. Listen, I get it. We have these many hats on and we do for everybody, but just take a few seconds, a few moments to do something for yourself. Having a most amazing weekend and you know we will be back next week with Conversations with Toy. We do have a new episode with new guests. I can't wait for you to hear it. So stay tuned and thank you for your support. And you've been listening to Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.